Today's episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co slash PMC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor. If you like what you hear at Planet Microcap, please take two seconds to give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps us with the search engines so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcaps. Registration is open for our next event, the Planet Microcap Showcase, taking place in Las Vegas at the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino, formerly Bally's, on April 25 through 27, 2023. We've announced uh, initial speakers, companies, sponsors, the whole bit, and I'm beyond excited uh, to see as many of you as possible in Las Vegas. This is an event for the Microcap community, and we curated it with you in mind. So please, if you can make it, we'd love to have you there. Uh, We're going to have more announcements as we get closer. You should hear some of the conversation I'm having with some potential speakers, actually, that might be about to jump on board. So we're really excited about that. And to register and attend, which is complimentary for all my listeners here at the Planet Microcap podcast, please go to www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. Again, speaking of Vegas, my guest on the show today is Ryan Irvin, founder of Keystone Financial. He'll be joining us in Las Vegas, where not only will he be on the Planet Microcap podcast live panel, along with Sam Namiri, Harris Perlman, and Matthew Martin, Ryan will be moderating a few sessions with companies that are within the Keystone coverage universe. Ryan's firm, Keystone Financial, is an independent research firm that provides their investors with buy-sell-hold advice on undervalued micro, small, and mid-cap growth and value stocks. As their website states, and I quote here, real companies producing real revenue and earnings growth, trading at low prices, end quote. In our conversation today, we dive deeper into Keystone's investing strategy, plus a quick overview on two of the companies that Ryan will be doing fireside chats with, Envela, E-L-A on the NYC American, and Geodrill, G-E-O on the TSX. Thank you again for tuning in to the Planet Microcap podcast, and please enjoy my conversation with Ryan Irvin. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I'm doing well. I'm just uh, going over a ton of companies right now, uh, prepping for your event we're coming up to in Vegas now. So uh, it'll be great to talk to some people in person, bring in a couple companies uh, that we have in coverage to show kind of people in the U.S. market what we look at when we look for companies. And these are uh, some of the, you know, some of the uh, good examples. Uh, I'm not going to call them our top tier list, but I, I think that's already been taken. But maybe we'll <laughs> call them some of our top buys, right? I've heard it's been taken. Our top buys that we're looking at right now. Yeah, just just good examples of the quality type 
GARP, growth at a reasonable price businesses that we look for. Awesome. Well, Ryan, we're so pumped about it. And yeah, that, that's literally why I wanted to bring you on here today was, uh, you know, uh, shamelessly not only plug our event because I can't help myself and do it whenever I can, uh, just putting that out there for As everyone. You that, right. right? As you, um, you know, plan a micro cap showcase April 25 to 27. Um, it's all you got. That, so you got to do it, right? I got to do I'm it. Just- you know? <laughs> It's not all you got. There's way more to you. What are no, we I have my family in Vegas. Yes, that's it. Okay. You know, that's, it's the same with me. Although I, I'm going to Vegas to get away from the family. I'm kidding. Is this being recorded now? Now I'm in trouble. No, you're doing that to get away from the new puppy. That's really that's what it's about. Uh, yes. That's great. It. We just got a golden uh, retriever. So it's 14 months old or weeks old. I wish it was 14 months already, but now 14 weeks and it's uh a little crap show. She's had diarrhea since day one. It's been amazing. And I'm sure everybody wanted to know that, but I, I like to tell people about Listen, my dog. We like to make sure that everybody has a little, you know, glimpse mm. into, you know, our speakers and us, our personal, yeah. you know, we're not just robots that pick stocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Oh, no, it's true. I, I think that's enough that they need to know about me. I'm kidding. If you want to know more, I hate my local Canucks too, but uh, yeah, I'm a hockey fan. So. Anyway, that's enough. Oh man. Well, it's too bad. You're not a Rangers fan right now. We're, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're pretty happy, but anyways. Yeah. Well, well, let's not talk Rangers. Cause the last time the Canucks were in the finals, uh, we played, you know, we're against, well, actually it was Boston before that. Sorry. And we lost to the, we just lose to every team. So it all comes together. Seventh game and lost to at least you uh, get the a, iconic, a Messier run team. But you, at least you get the disgusting. iconic photo, right? You know, you get that iconic photo in the street of, you know, the couple kissing, you know, commiserating over the loss. Like that's with nice. With the burning city. Yeah, with yeah, the burning we, city. We, we burned down the town twice. Oh, let's not talk about Vancouver and sports. It's ugly. For sure. Let's get into Vegas and stocks. That's way more fun. Nice. So like like Perfect. we said, nice transition, right? Per- mm. Like we said, Ryan's going to be bringing down. <laughs> he's going to be bringing down um, some uh, companies that are within the Keystone financial coverage. You know, so I thought today what we would do is you know go into a little bit of Ryan's criteria, uh, what he looks for, what what it means when they are uh, take positions in some of these companies, and then maybe preview a few of those names here as well for folks to get a better understanding. So you know, Ryan, to start off for you, you know, what is you know, I'm not, I'm not going to use what we're calling for Maj's, you know, the top tier mm-hmm. figures, you know, what, what is some of the criteria that you're looking for, for these companies that you have under coverage? Yeah, just, I'll just tell um, anybody who's watching uh, what we like, we're a fully independent research firm, been around for 24 years. Uh, clients are individual investors, institutional investors. They pay us to help them build simple 15 to 25 stock portfolios. We look for stocks on a GARP basis. So that's our criteria, growth at a reasonable price. Uh, we're sector agnostic. And, and let me step back and say, when we're independent, companies cannot pay for coverage in, in our research. Uh, our clients are individual and institutional investors that pay us. So we look for growth at a reasonable price. We're sector agnostic. Uh, we really believe our edge essentially is that we leave no stone unturned in our research. Uh, we put actual eyes on the financial statements of basically every stock in Canada that's over 3,500 approximately and 3,400 in the U.S. on an annual basis. So I'll start with our process. It's it's really simple, but it's a lot of grunt work. And I think that sets us apart. Um, about 25 years ago, I read an interview on uh, with Warren Buffett on his process. He was asked a simple question because I was starting out at that time and I thought it really spoke to me. He was asked if he was starting out as an analyst today, 
uh, what is the best piece of advice he would give anybody starting out? Essentially, he said, start by going through every stock in the country. Well, I, I remember hearing and you know, seeing the interview laugh, the interviewer laugh and say, well, that, that would be over 10,000 stocks. That's ridiculous. And Warren just deadpanned him back and said, yeah, I would start at the A's and that's what I did. And, and so, so that stuck with me. And we started doing this 20 plus years ago where we would sit down and you guys have Edgar in the US, you know, and we have CEDAR, S-E-D-A-R in the U in Canada, where every company files all their documents. So um, we put this into process. Uh, it takes us about two and a half months. So one of on our analyst team starts at the A's on CEDAR, one starts at, the, at Z. We meet in the middle. And we, we just go through every public company's documents. So you look, we start with the financial statements, right? You look at the income statement, latest quarterly statement on every stock. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, really in Canada, fortunately, it helps us move through a little faster. There's a lot of resource companies and a lot of oil and gas that are exploration stage. So we don't even have revenues. So you just swipe right or left or whatever it is on the dating app. I, I'm not allowed to know that now. So Let's just, whatever way you get rid of, uh, we get rid of companies that way. We move on to the next company. If it actually has revenue, right? We, we go from there and say, is there growth? Uh, is there, and then go down to, is there income, cash flow on a per share basis? We like to look at balance sheets too. So a strong balance sheet or a, you know, net cash position is something I love in a uh, small cap, particularly where the volatility is higher. If you can't always have that, you got to be able to make sure they can service the debt, particularly in this environment. Now, then we rank these companies against each other. We have we pull every week the companies that uh, our analysts have pulled out uh, after reading outlooks and all those things. You know, I don't want to get into the ex exact thing formula that we have, but we, we have an investment meeting every week and we go over who we're going to interview right from that list. So after we get through the 3000 companies, we're going to go through and interview management teams. You want to talk to key, you know, we always want to talk to the CEO. We want to talk to, you know, if there's a, a shareholder that has a, a significant position that's on the board, you might want to talk to them and, and then just, and go through whether or not they fit that criteria of growth or reasonable price, figure out if uh, they have a growth path ahead of them looking three to five years, because we're not buying the stock for what they do over the next six months. It's always three to five years plus. We'd love to hold them for as long as possible, but uh, you want to have a growth path that's reasonable ahead of them and have a reasonable price. We also need to understand the business. Uh, since we go, we can understand the financial statements, but if we can't understand, um, I mean, there's some statements that are ridiculous for us. And if, if there's any hesitation there, we can move on to the next company because we're we look at so many companies that you want to find the best out of that. But if you can't understand anything, we just move on. So at, we do the sim, a similar thing in the U.S. We're actually doing that right now. We don't start at A and Z or whatever way you want to flip it. A and Z on uh, Edgar. We, we're doing right now something. Every stock under 100 uh, billion or 1 billion, sorry, not 100 billion or under 1 billion and just going through that same process. So that would be. We do look on the OTC, but only the OTCQX. Then every stock under a billion on the New York, every stock under a billion on the NASDAQ, essentially. And just that'll take us, you know, about a month and a half, two months to go through. We have four analysts on it right now. And every time we, um, you know, every time we have a company come out in our, our weekly meeting, well, if we like the business, want to go further, then we're going to go and uh, interview management. I mean, 
incidentally, I noticed one of the companies that's going to your uh, conference upcoming, Credit Risk, just um, they just popped up on our screens uh, from looking at the actual financial statements, looking at our growth at a reasonable price uh, criteria. And so, so we interviewed management last week and then we said, oh, we're going to see you in person, you know, in, in about a month, a month and a half's time and uh, at the Planet Micro. So it's nice to see that some companies that were pulling out just through our independent research are actually at your event too as well. So we'll sit down. We had a good conversation with them. It was good. I, you, I, you, you couldn't hear what I said, but whew, that's good. You know? <laughs> that was, they, they, yeah, they were terrible. No, yeah, right. I'm just kidding. Uh, by the no, way, no, it was, <laughs> It, you're not sure for you're that not sure. to even be an interview for us means we've liked quite a bit of the story, right? So, yeah. and we've liked quite a bit of the numbers behind them. And then we want like, we got to know, like, it's a, it's a father son team there. Right. Yeah. And we got to know, you know, basically the, the father quite well. He's a, he's a great character, great interview with him. Oh, uh, and, and, and the son seems to be a good executor. Right. So it, yep. it was, it was, it was quite, it was quite instructive and formative about an hour and 15 minutes. So we sat down with them, you know, Zoom. But now, you know, the great thing is when you go to an event like yours, we get to sit down with them in person and, and you know, we can we can do the 30-minute speed dating. And then if we really like you, we can go to dinner with them and really start to explore. So we've done that so many times before in the past. Uh, I, I remember sitting down uh, five, six years ago with uh, Ryan Pape from Expel. Yeah. And, and, and like, it just... I mean, that company has been a game changer for our clients, right? Like it was trading. It was then listed just on the TSX venture, right? And in US dollars, about $1.40. We got to buy in and our clients got to buy in between $1.50 and $1.20. And, um, you know, today it's $64. Like that, we always talk when we do seminars with our clients and talk just how how important the winners are in your portfolio because you're going to have losers. And if you can ride out those winners, like we actually bought more of Expel at 250 because their quarter, I remember in March of like, it's probably 2018 was so good that on a trailing basis, their EPS, their PE on their actual EPS, like on an adjusted basis was um, better at 250 than 140 because of the quarter that came up. And then we bought more at $5 and, you know, we've bought as the stock has gone up and, and you know, just it's just well, the business is well executed. I don't know. You, you probably know Expel quite well. Oh, yeah, but very it's, well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, those are. And see, we've gotten we watched the company for four years before we bought. Right. So, I mean, very patient on stories like that. Got to know the business, had talked to management a number of times. Um, there was, uh, you know, in the fall of twenty. 17 uh the numbers kind of hid the actual earnings like so when you're actually that's one of the reasons why we actually want to look at the mdnas the management discussion documents and look at the numbers not just use a screener right because it use a screener it's not going to see that you know this company consolidated two distribution facilities and uh you know there's one-time costs in that quarter there you know your screener is just usually getting uh, a non-adjusted earnings figure. So it may have looked like that company was trading at 17 times earnings when really uh, based on, you know, taking out those one-time items, it was trading at about 10 or 12 times, plus the growth was 30 plus percent and we thought it would accelerate. So that's where, you know, your boots on the ground, actually looking at the financial statements, reading, looking at the outlook, seeing if these numbers are, you know, on a, 
the accounting basis differs from how, how we'd look at it on an investment basis, right? So, I mean, that that's the value of spending two months looking at financial statements and, you know, you know, your family doesn't see you, but you know, that that's not the best part of it. But, but you know, the, you, you can find and expel, you can find like these companies that really are, are orphaned by the market. And then, uh, you know, start, they start to finally get their due in Canada on expel too literally never had like we have uh five big banks essentially never had coverage from the banks at all despite the fact that it went on to be basically it graduated to the nasdaq and went on to be over that five-year period the best performing stock from that exchange right and it just had cash in the bank so didn't need financings thus doesn't get coverage from you know the boutique brokerages or the the um the big banks because there's no money in it for them Despite the fact it should have been in many portfolios, it never gets in because nobody's covering it because it doesn't, you know, you're not wetting the whistle of a, a company like that. Anyways, that, that's kind of our process doing that in the U.S. right now. Um, and then, you know, I mean, there's a number of other things we look at. You want to judge qualitatively management teams, too. So we, you know, we have a database when we interview management, if they have guidance, then we look at the next quarter. Did they hit guidance, exceed, or fall below? Now, if they hit or exceed, you're going to give them a check mark in our system, right? And if they do that in the next quarter, they're going to get a check mark. If they continue to do that over time, we have a higher degree of confidence. So we can apply a higher multiple to the stock, right? We're very patient with stuff like that. But if, if they miss or continually miss, like the opposite is true, we're just not going to be able to put a lot of stock in or credence in anything they say in those interviews. One thing, I, again, I'm going to pump your tires for having an event like this. We have we found during the pandemic when we do a Zoom call or, a, you know, those type of calls, um, it's not as personal. Management is not as accountable to their um, their guidance. Then if you know they're going to be on the small cap circuit, we're going to see them at your event. We're going to see them at an upcoming event. And you're going to be able to shake their hand and look at them and squeeze it harder if they uh, – they miss their target and then shake it less. You know, you're going to, you're going to keep them accountable, right? So it's, it's good. And, and you can do those things in person. And I, I do find that those are very valuable, right? And that's why, 100%. that's why we do those events and reach out and, and be involved because uh, I like to actually talk to management in the end, it is their intellectual capital behind the, the business that you're investing in. And uh, you know, for us to put our money, for us to put, you know, our substantial client base's money behind it, um, it's, it's really good to be able to sit down with a management team and, and, you know, find out if you're comfortable with that person. We've had some conferences. I'm just keep going here. You don't even have to talk. I was going to say, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, 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 we've had, we've had, listen, Ryan, you do webinars. So like, I know oh, God. You, yeah, you're, you're we good. We just did I, a five hour one. Right. So like, <laughs> and, and, and somehow I was still talking at the end. Right. But anyway, so. But like we've done events like yours, other events all across Canada and into the U.S. And you'll see a number on our company on paper that everything looks, you know, it looks quite good. And then you'll meet the founder, the CEO, and and you and you will say, I'm not putting my money there. And and I'm not going to totally name companies that are doing that right now. But I mean, there are a few companies that we've had like, shit, this looks like great numbers. Everything looks like great stuff on paper. And then I'm like, I'm not putting my money, our clients' money with that management team. And that's not something that I can just, you know, I can't put that into a spreadsheet to quantify. 
but you know, you're going to get a feel for the, and it's just what they say in the interview too, and what they're looking at, what their vision is. But yeah, there's some people you would trust with your money, just like uh, you should trust this advisor over that advisor. It's the management team you're putting your money with uh, in the business. And uh, particularly in the small cap area, like uh, so, sometimes, it, you know, you get to a, uh, like a, a company that's of significant size and they have a massive team management team. Well, they're not as important that one individual, but in, in the small cap arena, the, the, the man or woman holding the reins is, is, is often very influential in the business. And we have to be careful who that is because you, you, you know, in the past you get bitten. So you don't want to have that happen. A hundred percent. You just gave, that was, that was a, a you actually consolidated a lot of great information. I think you just you should uh, delete that webinar and just take the first uh, fifteen minutes of our interview and put that as uh, everything that you look for. But you know, specifically to Vegas. Well, actually, before I get to specific to Vegas, you mentioned Expel and Credit Risk. Are you shareholder in either of those names? I know Expel. Expel, right? we are, yeah, but not I mean, Credit Risk. We're okay. we're looking at Credit Risk right now. I think it like it could be a good counter cyclical story, and uh, we're. We we're ha- we can't wait to sit down with them. I think they got their quarterlies coming out uh, uh, by the end of this month, I believe. I, I mean, I, don't quote me on that right now. But sure. uh, I think we were we literally interviewed five companies last week, and I know three of them have quarterlies coming out. We're waiting for those before we, you know, we're close on a couple companies that we might want to introduce to coverage. Uh, credit risk checks off uh, a number of our boxes, but we're still looking at it. We, and we look forward to sitting down with management too. But yeah, right. we've owned Expel for a, quite a long time now. Very cool. All right. So Five years now years. speaking to the companies that are going to be, and as we were talking, I'm thinking like we call this like the Keystone coverage track or mm-hmm. something. I like yeah. that. You know, it's got, you know, got it sounds, it sounds good. But the Keystone coverage track, I think we have a couple names up there right now that I thought would be kind of fun to preview as to why you wanted to have them, you know, maybe a little couple tidbits on, you know, your thesis for why you think these, you know, deserve to be uh, under Keystone coverage. So I believe we have Geodrill, uh, GEO on the TSX, as well as Envela Corporation, ELA. Uh, those are the two I got up there right now. So you want to kind of give your, your two cents on each? Yeah, really interesting, unique businesses uh, that come from our coverage. Um, in terms of uh, Geodrill, I'm just pulling up. Well, I mean, we could get to Envala first. I mean, I I really like this story. Uh, this is this is a Geodrill's been in our coverage for two and a half years. Envala is just relatively recent. Uh, entered our coverage in uh, November in the like four ninety five dollar range. Uh, it, it had come down from year highs in the 850 or something like that range. Um, it's a re-commerce business, like boring as all hell, really, which we just love these boring businesses, uh, it, it recycling or reselling of products. They have two segments, essentially. It's the DGSE, which is business to consumer, and the ECHG, which is business to business. Now, DGSE is essentially the companies involved in the purchase sale of jewelry, bullion products uh, and individuals, consumers and dealers, institutions under like stores like the Dallas Gold and Silver Exchange, Charleston Gold and Diamond Exchange, Bullion Express. They have seven of these in total, jewelry and bullion stores, Texas and South Carolina. We expect new stores over to be added over the next year. Um, they can do that from the cash that's sitting in the ba- on the balance sheet. Uh, the part of the business that really attracts us, I mean, we think you know, the, the, this business can grow the, the, the jewelry store business and the bullion business. 
but it's the ECHG. That's the most profitable segment. The company is focused on processing, uh, recycling, reselling electronic waste. Customers there would include uh, Comcast, Costco, uh, Verizon, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, a number of a number of the largest names in tech. Um, it's a very profitable part of the business. Uh, we like it. Uh, we think this is it's where the CEO really comes from. Uh, that's his background in that business. He owns 70 percent of the shares, doesn't take a salary. Uh, we, we love that he's aligned with shareholders. But, uh, you know, the company's gone from that $4.95 range uh, just over the last four months to uh, it's trading today about $7.50 in that range. Um, why? Well, it's, you know, we've seen growth. I mean, this company has a track record of about five years of growth in our EPS. Now, just when we're recording this, about 30 minutes before they came out with their year ends, I quickly had eyes on them, but there are some one-time numbers in there. Look like they beat our estimates, which is nice. Um, there's a you know about a four or five cent gain in the quarter. It looked like but we'll have to confirm those numbers for the nine months. The revenues were up 39%. Uh, gross profit was up. EPS was up to about 35% to 36 cents per share. But you know, growing EPS like per share earnings on a year-over-year -year basis, it shouldn't really take a rocket scientist to figure that out, that it's good for the share price. So this company has taken earnings per share from, I believe, two cents in 2018 to four, you know, we expected 49 cents this year. It looks like they've exceeded that. So we always like to see a company exceeding guidance. Um, you know, strong track record of that earnings per share growth. Uh, we we have been cautious in terms of the companies we're recommending right now. If there is a recession, this company typically does better or ma maintains its profitability. So again, that's a plus, a check mark for the business. There was around 15 million in cash on the balance sheet. We could expect both organic and inorganic growth there for both areas of the business. They're fragmented, significant potential for acquisition. What we've liked about it. And when we sat down with John uh, from Envela, the CEO, uh, when he makes an acquisition, it's very measured. Uh, they are not going to buy a business unless they see accretion right away and then growth potential for more accretion in terms of earnings per share. And they're using you know, cash on hand or debt to finance these. So they're not going to the market and diluting uh, you as a shareholder, which is something we like. Uh, we have a fair value right now of around 850. That will likely be increased as we look at what they did in this quarter that just came out the fourth quarter and what they're looking at going forward into the year. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting story. Stock's been on a tear since the start of this year. I'd love to see a pullback, but you can't always get that in a quality story. So when we look at buying a business like that, it's like three to five years out, we're looking on it and uh, we, we, we like it here. We continue to like it going forward. Uh, one thing that's going to hit the EPS this year is not is just they're going to be fully taxable. They had uh, tax shelters essentially on their income, and that's going to start hitting into the first quarter. So they'll be in the 22, 25% tax range, I believe. That's what we're looking at. So if we see 25 to 30% growth this year in terms of earnings, it'll kind of mute the EPS on an accounting basis. I would pay more attention to the operating earnings there they'll likely go up. Um, if you, it may be an opportunity because, you know, a lot of these 
stories are not well followed. So if if the market sees, oh, they only had a 5% EPS lift or their EPS was flat in that quarter or was slightly down, well, on an operational basis, it should still be up. If there was a pullback, I would take advantage of that because you know, there's a great track record of growth. And you know, as long as they continue to hit and exceed, and it looks like they did in this last quarter again, they keep checking off our boxes. So we like that. Very good. And then, do you want to get, give your uh, your quick thing on uh, on Geodrill? Geodrill, well? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Geodrill. Um, it's been in coverage since the stock traded about the dollar forty, dollar fifty range a couple of years ago. It's about the three dollar level today. They are an established leader drilling primarily for gold uh, in in uh, West Africa, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, and Mali. Um, African jurisdictions. Uh, that they're big in. They're also in South America right now. Their fleet is about uh, 76 drill rigs, could be up to 81 uh, uh, in in short order. Good good utilization of those rigs. Highly profitable. A great operating team. Uh, and Dave that runs the the business. A tremendous uh, a tremendously savvy business operator in this region. We like the business. Good growth uh, trades it, despite the fact that it's more than doubled in the past couple of years. Uh, they've increased their dividend a number of times. It pays its small cap in that area, pays like a two percent dividend, which is nice. Um, but generated revenues of about 138 million. That's up 20 percent. Uh, earnings per share came in at 41 cents. That's U.S. up from 31. So 34% increase in earnings per share. Now this company trades in Canadian dollars on the TSX. So 41 cents um, in, in US dollars, in Canadian dollars, we're actually looking at like 55, 56 cents. So valuation is about 5.3 times earnings. Uh, undervalued, it is higher risk because the exposure to gold pricing and the activity in the sector. But you know, the major drilling, which is a company in this sector, the, the, the elephant in the sector, essentially. Uh, they're expecting growth this year. Geodrill expects growth this year. Um, likely better profitability than, than revenue growth. They'll have revenue growth, but profitability should uptick. So, you know, you're paying about five times earnings, uh, actual earnings, not like adjusted or anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, under almost two times EVD, but uh, low valuations is a higher risk sector. But, uh, you know, we see this company as actual a takeover target at some point as well. So, you know, we're not always buying. We, we actually never buy just because a company's a takeover target. We buy because of the valuations. If that happens, it's usually a happy, a happy coincidence that'll happen. And, and we do think that, you know, there is uh, significant profitability in the business, low valuations that could be bought out by a, a major, not necessarily saying major drilling, but a larger company in the sector. Very cool. And just so that I'm, you know, for compliance, Bob here, just make We sure. own shares in both. Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. we we like them both, and 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 have you know well, we've held Envelis since the fall, and held uh, uh, Geodrill for uh, well at least two and a half years. Oh, nice little bump on ELA though. That's not what it, it's it's for it's, foreign change, and now it's straight. I mean, yes. we're this on the sixth March sixteenth. What is that? I just saw it's like what seven, just over seven. Yeah, yeah, seven fifty. So done nice. really well since then. Uh, I mean, it's it's good solid business. Uh, you keep increasing your per share earnings on an annual basis, and you know they, like four five years ago, you back to two cents. This year, you know fifty plus cents. Uh, 
that's why you see growth. And if it can continue, like we would like to model it 20 to 25% EPS growth looking three to five years out every year. They could have some lumpiness in there based on acquisitions, but um, you know, it, it, the top shareholders, the CEO, he's aligned with us. Um, seems to be a straight shooter from what we've seen so far. And uh, we'll be sitting down with him in Vegas again and uh, hopefully maybe have a steak dinner and, and see where he's growing the company going forward. But it, you know, it, it is it interesting, boring as all hell, but expel was boring. You know, it really like it's a, they put a film on cars to protect, protect it from scratches and dings. So, you know, I, we're always on these panels and, you know, people say, what's the next thing? What's the next greatest thing? And I'm like, I don't really give a, you know, what's the best thing. I just want to make money. And if this company that puts a film on cars and executes extremely well is going to be the best performing stock over the next 10 to 12 years, I'm going to buy that because I can buy it at a reasonable price. I understand the business it's growing and that's sexy to me, not the next sexiest story on the street. So it's fun to read page six though, you know, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> well, it really hey, is. by the way, speaking of the steak dinner, I got a couple of recommendations for you for and mm. for any and for any of your 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 uh, uh, folks that you know newsletter followers or yeah. clients, you know, by all means, you all you all are more than welcome to come and and uh, come and, out. Vegas is a, a nice city to 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 go out to, right? It's a, and it can be fun. And th- yeah, this is a good event. So we'll, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk to this about on our podcast too, as well, if you want us to. Yeah, clip anything great. out and and uh yeah i mean a- anybody wants to join us out there it's at horseshoe i was gonna call it valleys right but it is it, horseshoe they just now, right? they just rebranded and we also got a special rate uh a room block there and they just they literally we were just there like a few weeks ago they literally just renovated yeah. the whole thing new restaurants nice. like new everything it's real nice and they gave us a sick rate of 59 a night like I mean, yes i mean come out go to go to a vegas knights game or something, right? Oh, that would be so watch. fun. If they're in the playoffs, it might be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, although they'll be in the playoffs, but like if they get, you, know, you got to get to the second round or something. Usually, that would be awesome. Usually they have, like, usually, because we always do it like at the end of April, the first week of May. There's yeah. always like either the NFL draft around that time, or I mean, the Knights have been good. The Knights have been good. It's on so on you know. Thursday, right? The draft, because I'm going to be, my Seahawks, I'm going to be watching. So it's, it's, but it's, that's the last night of the event. So yeah, we'll, we'll be able to watch the draft that night, right? So, oh, yeah. I'll, cool. that, that's when I'll actually, I'll be able to like chill and let my hair down and have, yes. a, beer, have a beer with you guys and relax. But, um, you know, Ryan, closing thoughts here, you know, because, you know, we're talking about the event, you know, let's give, give people a little generalist look as well. You know, you've been, uh, obviously, you follow, quite a few companies you're also uh-huh. seeing how they've been reporting uh, we're pretty much at the end of uh, reporting season at this point you know for full year 2022 q4 2022 results i asked the same question to mosh you know what was your kind of general take of the microcap performance overall yeah I, I mean it's really thank god it's a market of stocks not a stock market because uh, there's some companies that are you know in tech for one where we're seeing uh like the macro really uh, really hit them uh, but then there's some individual stories where we just like had tremendous years and like unique businesses. Right. I, I think that there's still, you know, another shoe to fall. Like we, we follow broader valuations and right now we wouldn't buy an index. I'm going to buy really individual companies. Uh, like I, I, you, do you know the, the Schiller PE, right? The cyclically adjusted PE like yep. on the S and P 500, I mean, we, we follow it all the time just as an indication of where the broader markets are. Well, 
right now it's about uh, off off hand. I think it's about 11 time or 11% higher than its 20 year average. I think it's 29, 11 year average is like 26.1. So <laughs> we just did a seminar. That's how I have these numbers in my head. Yeah, but anyway, so that would be like, um, to put it in context, right? Uh, for anybody who's watching, uh, that's like 38 would have been the high that it hit in uh, November, right? At the peak in 2021. So, um, you know, that's 47% above the 20 year average. So better than where we were uh, at that time. But um, I don't just like to look at the last 20 years because the last 20 years have been really funny. There's been free money, like, uh, you know, money's been so cheap and we're heading into a different era in that perspective. Um, like if you look back at the Schiller PE, it's a hundred plus years it's been tracked right now. It's still like 66% above its average, which is about 17.4. So to me, that indicates we're not historically cheap in the markets right now. So I I'm, uh, cautious. I want, uh, I'm, you know, when I went through that process, we're looking at the, all, all these businesses on a financial basis on their statements, we're paying attention. We always do, but to the balance sheet, like in the, I love companies with cash, rich net cash positions right now, because what that can do is you're going to, if there is further pain in the markets or there is a recession, whatever business type you're in, um, you can weather it, but I don't want a company that just weathers. I want a company that can benefit from it. And if you've got a net cash position, I mean, we saw this in 2008, 2009, we owned a couple software related businesses that had net cash that were consolidators that uh, didn't sat there on cash, wouldn't buy in 20, 2006, 2007, right? Wouldn't buy at that time because everything was just so pricey. Well, we know there's a couple of firms we're following again closely that have cash sitting there and they're just waiting and they've been waiting for price. Like, tech valuations were silly during the pandemic, right? But they've come down. They probably have another leg to come down, but these businesses can then go out and buy when they're on sale. Like some businesses probably got a great product, but uh, they're leveraged too much and they borrowed at 2% and now they're at a floating rate and it's six or seven plus, you know, and, and they, it's killing their cash flow. And you're gonna be able to see those businesses buy those businesses out of cash. Not and they will be the they will be the banks. I mean, you saw a massive tech bank fail, right? Like and and these companies are that have sat on cash are going to be able to pick up assets on the cheap. And we're kind of looking. I mean, Eng House is a company. It's a software consolidator, enterprise software, call centers. We we recommended them like 14 years ago. Um, they they went way up during the past. I mean, they were at four dollars then. They're thirty something now. Um, but like they have 270 million or something in cash sitting on the balance sheet. Um, they're just patiently waiting. They made a couple acquisitions at the start of this year, but you know, it, and they've always grown by acquisition, weren't able to grow during the pandemic because there was nothing they could buy. Uh, now they're going to find some, I, I would project it's going to probably take another six to 18 months to really find that sweet spot for them. But I would rather be that business than, you know, there's a lot of, there's business we follow, not in coverage though, they're over leveraged right now that are just getting slaughtered in the tech sector and they keep getting slaughtered and they're trying to come out with adjusted EBITDA numbers and build a case for a multiple off of that. And the market just won't buy it. They want, you know, you want cash flow, but you want, the market is myopic on cash flow per share, earnings per share right now, which we like because we are always, but, um, 
if you don't have it, these companies are getting killed. They are going to come on sale. Things, everything was trading in that sector at huge price to sales multiples. We've seen that a few companies that were like 15 times price to sales that are now 0.75. Like it's come down that much. And, and like you're going to pick up some good businesses. These businesses will be able to. So there's going to be real money made. You're going to have to be patient, but I'm, we're looking at balance sheets, net cash positions right now in companies that we know that have either done it in the past or we think management teams can do it again. And uh, it kind of excites me because like, that's where you had a massive run up in some of those businesses, maybe three years out, but I'd rather buy them, start buying them today, picking into them than, uh, than, uh, you, you know, looking at, you know, we're not paying attention to like companies adjusted earnings numbers. We're doing our own adjustments on them and you got to be really careful with those businesses now. 100%. All right, Ryan, I think we're, I think we're there, man. We, we cover quite a bit here. You think so you don't want me to blab anymore. You don't, you, yeah, dude, I could talk to you all day. You know that, but I'd rather save someone for Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's so, do that. Yeah. So Ryan, thanks again for doing this. You know, where can our audience, you know, right now go and find more information, learn yep. everything there is to know about Keystone Financial, but you know, become a subscriber the whole bit. Yeah www.keystocks.com, K-E-Y-S-T-O-C-K-S.com. Go there. You'll find everything on there. You can even book like 10 minute calls or something, I believe, with us if you want to talk about how we can help you uh, build that simple 15 to 25 stock portfolio. Unique companies like the companies we talked about today, but we also cover like every dividend stock in Canada. Uh, we cover the alphabets, the Microsoft, like cybersecurity giants like Fortinet in the US. So it's not just the small caps, but we started there 25 years ago and we have a special area of expertise in that market because we've been looked at uh, looked at the looked at all small caps in Canada way too many times. So we know <laughs> the management teams, you know where to be and where not to be. It's always a, a tough area to be in, but there can be those gems that you find that that's that's what uh, we're really looking for to add to portfolios. A thousand percent. Well, and again everybody, you can hear Ryan, uh he's going to be doing his uh, Keystone coverage. Uh, fireside chats with some companies that are uh, under Keystone Financial coverage uh, that he owns uh, at at, at uh, the Planet Microcap Showcase, April 25 through 27, 2023 at the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino. For more information to register, complimentary to attend uh, for all Keystone Financial members, uh, as well as verified investors, please go to planetmicrocapshowcase.com and join us. It's a lot of fun. You know, we feed you like a madman. I tr trust me, lots of food. And uh, of course, you know, some great ideas and really amazing networking for sure. So with that, Ryan, come see Ryan speak. I'll see you there in Vegas. Ryan, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, if you any, any of our clients that want to come down, we'd love to see you there. Reach out to us, tell us you're going and uh, we'll sit down with you at the event as well. Have a good day. You too. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast podcast.